I'll try to I'll try to stay exactly centered. I'm gonna call you out if you do. Are we recording? This is brilliant. Giant robot smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. We are coming at you from RailsConf 2013, room D136 in the back. My name is Ben Orenstein, and I'm here right now with John Larkowski. Hey, John. Hi. So you're a guy. You That's do things. What they tell me. Yes. You're sort of. Um, would you say like maybe kind of like a hippie, crunchyish kind of guy? Is that a fair? Ooh. I, I've always said closet hippie, but the the closet thing doesn't apply more and more. I'm not afraid to just be yeah. out there with things like meditation or, you know, quote unquote extreme nutrition. Not that I'm a nutritious guy, but like I, I like aspects of it. Huh. You were telling me in, in our uh, during our setup that you guys do shots of algae <laughs> in your office. Every, I have an alarm on my phone every day at 420. It goes off, and then we do a little shot of the green, as they say. So there's this blue-green algae. It's called E3 Live, and it's sourced from Lake Klamath uh, here in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And it's a total superfood. It's full of just chock full of like everything you need to survive as a human being, and it gives you this total buzz. They also make a product called Brain On, uh, but uh, we we stick with the E3 Live, which is which is good enough. But Brain On will really give you a buzz. Really, but yeah, we uh, there's only a few of us at the office that do it, but. Uh, we partake pretty regularly. How does algae taste? Tastes like it smells. Tastes like uh, <laughs> tastes like a pond, pretty much. Okay. What? Are you sure this is good? <laughs> it's great. You feel better when you do oh, it. Oh, you yeah. Especially the first few times we did it, like we were like, this this should be a controlled substance. There's something special. Did you bring any with you? I did not. I did not travel with it. You need to. Keep Can we go to the pond? You want to do a little road road I trip kinda, after I this? Wanna, we'll go, we'll go to Lake Klamath and just you know gulp it up. I think I should do a podcast while under the influence of this algae, and we'll see if it's I'm glad difference. that this is topic one, by the way. This is the most important thing I had to tell people. Drink <laughs> your algae, get your greens, no matter how you can. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have an editor. Who knows where this is going to show up in the actual episode? This, <laughs> this, should, still, this should still be priority zero. Yeah. So you are uh, a developer. Yes. Uh, formerly of HashRocket. Right. Uh, and which is, I think I heard, that's when I heard of you. You were still a, a rocketeer. Back the in the day, yeah. Yeah. And now you are with uh, CareZone. CareZone.com. Okay. Can you tell us about uh, CareZone a little bit? We help take care of people who help take care of people. So think of anyone in a caregiving situation. Think like a private Facebook around taking care of someone. So Nana's getting older. The sons and daughters got to get together to help take care of Nana. They're all distributed around the country. They have different things to do, like track what meds Nana's on, you know, what uh, to-dos are there to do, what's her insurance, you know, what are her bank passwords, whatever. You, you Name any kind of private thing you need to do when you start assuming care for someone, mm. and that's what we help with. But that would be the extreme case, what we do. Just any anyone or anything you want to take care of, that's where we want you to come to CareZone. Interesting. This feels like a need that will grow with time. Yeah, it's a total baby boomer uh, situation. There, there's more and more of that going on. And just more and more people live distributedly. You know, you, you want to take care of your parents as they get older or, you know, even your siblings. Maybe someone gets in an accident or whatever, but you, you can't be there. But maybe there's a way to offer support via social media, you know, private social media. Right. Totally. This feels like uh, a hair on fire kind of problem. It's like you're not solving sort of – I mean, in a – it feels like more than nice to have. It's like, wow, this this is really hard to do, and we really need this, and it, I need it now. Anyone, like, when you give the elevator pitch of this, like, anyone who's been in a caregiving situation knows exactly what we're talking about and the problem we're trying to solve, and anyone who doesn't is like, 
why would why would I need that? I, I have you know Google Docs or I have Dropbox or or, or whatever. I have email. Mm-hmm. But for people who are in, in more of these intensive caregiving situations, you know we've we've already changed changed some lives. You know, re- reading the support emails, you get that warm feeling in your heart. It's like wow, we made a difference for for some small set of people, and now we're just trying to find our audience, find our use cases, and help more and more people. That's cool. Um, so can I give you some feedback? Yes. I was uh, researching the company for the podcast and from like your H1 header, like on the landing page. SEO. Is this an SEO tuning uh, podcast? No, or? I didn't quite understand what you did reading your homepage. Like I had to kind of keep clicking through sure. and reading other stuff. So just. You mean like it was a little too vague or something? It was like worry less, help more, help people you're helping. And I, I was kind of like, okay, I think sure. I understand what it is. You almost want to know more tactically what can I do with the thing? Like it's got, it's got like a private wall. The it's pitch got you just told it's, me was okay. perfect. Okay. And I got that right away. All right. And well, the, I, I will happily replay this segment of the podcast for our marketing department and okay. our CEO. Cool. Yeah. And there's a picture of like this like young, attractive person is like, what are you doing and who are you and why? How does this relevant to the whatever? I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're trying to hit like, it's called like the, the sandwich problem. It's, it's men and women who have children, but they also have aging parents. They have a lot of people and things to care for and care about. Yeah. So that's, that's the market that we're trying to, to help out. Cool. Uh, how do you like it there? I I love it. It's just been such a change. I was building other people's dreams for for decades. You know, that's what the whole consulting gig was, and, totally. and that was that's you know that's what the Hash Rocket experience was. It was startup after startup, project after project, and I mean, and that's great if that's what you're looking for. But after a while, it starts to look like same different project, and you really want to have a, a product of your own to love and put your own heart and soul into, and so. That's been the big like if you're looking at the arc of John. I mean that's that's what's been cool for me is to switch from you know I've been doing consulting since '99 and then to switch into my own product has been really good for me and, and lots of new challenges there. It's like you can talk a big game about other people's products, but then when you got your own and you got your own trade offs to make, I mean that's right. that's when it gets interesting. Yeah. That I occasionally feel like a little bit like a fraud as a consultant. It's like I'm giving you all this advice, and like I know how you know you should build your MVP and all that. It's like <laughs> I mean, kind of because I've done it a bunch of times right. and I've seen some things and I know some things, but I've also never been exactly in your chair and like had to do this myself. Yeah, or or even like it's not your skin in the game. It's like you really you want to help your client as much as you can, and you want to get them to their next round of funding or whatever. But like when it's when it's your own gig, it it just seems. <laughs> the stakes are higher almost or like it's you feel like wow we really need to experiment and iterate here and find our market find our use cases or or we don't get to do this anymore and it's been a really fun ride i I want to continue it very much like i want to see us like i I want if you think of facebook for your public social thing i want you to think of care zone for anything you care about like i want us to be that much of a household word that like you care about somebody or something then it's on care zone it's private it's taken care of it's in the cloud it's shared like that's I would love to get there. We just don't have, you know, we don't have the the, the uptake yet, and so we're just experimenting and iterating as fast as we can. But mm. it's 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 always easy to talk a good game until you actually have to live it. Yeah. What what is the revenue model there? Are you like a SaaS app effectively? I mean, we were originally thinking subscription, but I think that's changing towards more premium services uh, as we develop more and more functionality. I mean, we have all sort of the primitives in place, but we're going to get more and more concierge-like, if you will, leading you through the process of caregiving. Like anyone who ends up in a caregiving situation is just like, ah, what do I do? How do I inventory a medicine cabinet? How do I get power of attorney? How do I do all these things? Like, so we're hoping to use our platform as, a, and then on top of that platform, add things that like really guide you through step by step how how to be a better caregiver. Hmm. 
but that's all, I mean, that's all fuzzy too. That's yet another place where we're experimenting and trying, you know, but for now we're just trying to find people and help them and hope good things will come from that. Yeah. And it sounded like you, you, from support, you've seen some support emails where sometimes people find this and it's just like an awesome fit and it really, we have totally, yeah, solved some people's use cases and made their lives easier. And that's, that's great. And it's just like, okay, take that times a hundred now, times a thousand, whatever. Mm, Marketing seems like it's almost always the hard part it's it's all been uh full of new challenges for me and i hope 10 years from now i'll say i'm sick of the product game and i want to get back into consulting but uh, <laughs> yeah it's just a lot to chew on and it's it's pretty humbling actually to to be in it and of it rather than just consulting for it yeah you seem like someone who um thinks a lot about and cares a lot about uh healthy lifestyles do you have? I, I'm, I mean, in, I'm in both. Worlds. I, I'm a 200 percent person. I mean, I'm a meat and potatoes Wisconsin boy, but at the same time, like, I love my green juices. I, I love my algae. I, I eat a lot more salad now. You do yoga. You like to meditate. Yeah, oh. yeah. Especially the meditation lately. Just uh, it's becoming a, a new habit for me. But yeah, all that stuff's easier when you have a girlfriend who's a level five raw vegan and doesn't eat any food that casts its own shadow. Wait, <laughs> that casts its own shadow? It's from some movie. What was it from? Uh, like the Scott Pilgrim movie or whatever. The One of the ex-boyfriends was a level five vegan and he had vegan superpowers. You know, okay. Sort of being like better than you kind of superpowers. Gotcha. Um, so do you, are you, how are you doing with the whole balancing your life with running a startup as well or being in a startup? That's one of the great things. One of the reasons I said I love working there because we got the work-life thing down. Like we, we are doing the whole sustainable pace thing and it, and it feels great. I mean, we do pushes every now and then. We just went through a, a calendar push where we developed our own client-side JavaScript calendar, mm. which uh, I talked to Tamar Sala and he compared uh, working on a calendar to being on a tour in Vietnam, which I'm sure... <laughs> You know, denigrates the difficulty of both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tamer style. Yeah, but I mean, it, it it was a long, hard slog, and it's just you know, calendar is all edge case. It's just all edge case. But, brutal. You know, no promises, but we we hope to open source it someday, and we have iOS version too that uh, we worked with actually one of the Thoughtbot consultants on, and he did a lot of great work for it. So. I would love to just get calendar components out there that are awesome and can solve people's calendar problems. So we can just treat that as like a, a web and iOS and Android primitive that no one ever has to implement again. Mm. Yeah, that'd be nice, right? Here you have a ping pong table in the office, or is, is this a recent addition? You always got to have a ping pong table. We had uh, we had ping pong and hash rocket, and <laughs> he's nodding. He's nodding at the producer right now. Just <laughs> thought part really could use a ping pong table, couldn't mm. they? I love ping pong because it's the opposite of program. It's the opposite of deep thought. It's the opposite of getting lost in your head. Ping pong is all about the now and just tuning in and seeing the ball spin. And like there, there's no premeditated thought. I mean, you might have a strategy for how you're going to serve and hit the next few balls, but like it's all right there. And you sort of watch yourself after the fact, like how the heck did I hit that ball? How did I make that shot? I love that because it's just, it's the opposite to stewing in your head all day or trying to implement some difficult feature or just, you know, all the sort of stack that you need to load into your head just to have it in short-term memory. Uh, sorry, <clears throat> whipping cough. Mm. Have to have in, in short-term memory just to get some programming done. All that falls away and you just you just tune into the spin of the ball like that. Mm. It's also the opposite of sitting in a chair. It's like active and That's you're lunging you, and you're you reaching. Stay, if you sit for more than 20 minutes at a time, you die, right? Isn't totally. that what a healthy programmer said? Absolutely. We just had Joe on last week. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't listened to that one yet, but I look forward to it. I read the book. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we take enough ping pong breaks. Never in the AM, though. It feels a little bit wrong to to take a ping pong break in the morning. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if first. they uh, 
Are they still playing ping pong at at Hash Rocket, Paul? Paul's in the audience. I called him out. They're not playing anymore. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lead a ping pong revival at Hash Rocket. I will go back and visit. Uh, oh, Paul says there's no more table. Step zero: have have a table. Yeah, that is that's that's important. Base case. So you have a whooping cough, I hear. I got all right. There was a whooping cough epidemic in. California, Washington, Colorado, and Wisconsin, all four states of which I was in. And my guess is that it was at, what was the conference in, was that RubyConf in, in Denver? Yep. I'm going to blame that. So, so if, I guess- if anyone in the listenership is patient zero, I'd like to have a talk to you. So I got that in Thanksgiving, and it took me down for like a whole month. Hmm. And then uh, a month beyond that, it wasn't coughing. It was just like... <laughs> being really run down, and now even still, I have a tickle in my throat. So sorry, listeners, if I'm clearing my my throat in your ears. But uh, mm. humbling, humbling, old timey disease, just a humbling experience. So I don't take algae every day, but I also don't get 300 <laughs> year old maladies. This is one of the reasons I started taking the algae. Uh, yeah. like, I, you know, we get older and we and we we burn out or we we focus too much on our careers. And then you, you look down one day and you're like, holy crap, it's been 10 years and I've gained 10, 20, 30, 40 pounds. And so this is part of me turning the boat around, you know, it's like working in a company that I love on a product that I love working sustainably. And then just, you know, uh, iteratively, slowly, sustainably adding healthy stuff back into my life. And it's, uh, been taking it easy on myself. No, you know, no crash diets, no forcing, no, no forcing of habits, no, you know, no denial, just slowly adding the good stuff. And I think the good stuff will win. Mm. I hope it will. Yeah. You, um, have you been using Lyft to do this, to add some of these habits in there? I love Lyft. I also love habit list, but the thing I love about Lyft is it's slightly social. Like you feel like you're, you're part of a cohort, you know, there, there's a flossing community on Lyft that you can tap into if you're feeling like the need to support, like, ah, I'm just too tired to floss at night or whatever <laughs> like, it is. No, you can do it. I believe in you. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> you Shove get, those things between your teeth now. So you can give people props and there's check-ins and everything you, every habit you have, good, bad, or embarrassing is out there publicly. They don't have a private mode yet, but, uh, yeah, like, so I have take algae as one of my habits and like meditate as one of my habits and, uh, mm. You know, eat eat a salad or you know eat, eat something vegan is is one of my habits, and it's I highly recommend just whether you use an app or not, paying attention to your habits. I mean, that's been revelatory to me, and this is all stuff that I know. And like healthy programmer book, that's all stuff that I know. But like putting it into practice, that's been the real. It, it's the same thing. Like everyone's got good ideas, but execution is where it happens, and that's what I've been working on lately is just measuring. Because if you want to improve something, you measure it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you've touched on, uh, meditating a couple times. Can you talk about that? Love it. Need it. <laughs> so I don't go crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you talked in one of the prior podcasts a little bit, how maybe it was in the closet a little bit, or maybe I was hearing this somewhere else, but just that there was a stigma around it or mm-hmm. stigma around therapy or any sort of these realms of like good mental hygiene seem to get like, everyone's just assumed that they have to be on top of their game, insane and normal. And I, I don't think that's the, I think everyone's got a little bit of crazy in them. I don't think it's normal. Like most, most of everyone is in the middle of the bell curve, but we've all got uh, crazy parts of that curve of our own. So, uh, you know, I've always been interested in the whole Eastern thing ever since maybe high school when I was like, had a survey of religions class and it just spoke to me and reached a point in my twenties, you know, too many, too many bad breakups or something like that just drove me to this point where I'm like, I got to get my own head on straight here. And then that's when I, you know, started doing it and I've been doing it ever since it's been like, 
six, seven years, something like that. And like, there's, if there's two things I could get these listeners to, to get into, it'd be algae and meditation. Those have been the two most impactful things of my last decade and doing something you love there. That's three things. Hmm. One, one thing I've run into is it's hard to find uh, information on meditation that didn't turn me off right away. Like stuff that felt, you know, pretty practical yeah, and kind of down to earth. It was a little bit too mystical a lot too of Too mystical. I, I've seen what's where it's like too regimented. Like there is one uh, way that you must meditate, you know, and you have to follow this school of meditation or what. And I've, too, I've yeah. always been so anti-dogma. I like to pick and choose a little, a little from each. Um, like most things, there's an app for that. It's called Headspace. And I've really been digging on that because mm. it leads you, you know, by the hand, step by step, day by day. And uh, there's a nice, I think he's British gentleman, just whispering in your ear, leading you on, on, on meditation. And it's oh, not, he doesn't really get in your way. It's real intro to meditation stuff, but I, I love, that's like an apprenticeship pattern, you know, begin, begin again. So I'm beginning again with meditation and they have like a 10 day course, then a 15 day course, then a 20 day course. And it's so easy just, you know, put a habit and lift and, you know, meditate for 10 minutes a day and just get started. And it's, it's been great for me to just, you know, retune in and, you know, I would always meditate sporadically, but now it's more of a daily habit. And all the research shows that even if you did it a couple minutes a day, it's better to do it daily than to just do an extensive meditation less, uh, less often. Yeah. So it's, it's guided audio meditation mm-hmm. this app? Yeah. And, and he shuts up for a little bit in the middle so you can kind of disappear or float into your own head or whatever. But, uh, it's not, it's not too annoying. It's got, he's got a nice voice and I highly recommend it. So it's headspace. Uh, you can get it on the web too. If you don't have a iOS device, I think that you can just listen through the website. Interesting. When you don't use that, uh, do you have a, a technique that you use? Like, what are you, what are you thinking about? Yeah. Well, th- you only got two things ever. Uh, you got awareness and you got intention. That's all you have as as a conscious being in this universe. I mean, that's that's what I've whittled it down to. That's my philosophy de jour: is awareness, like true consciousness, full consciousness of, of right where you're at. Right, now. I'm doing it right now. It's great. I'm totally tuning in. Uh, <laughs> and intention, like how do you want it to go? Well, like, you know, or you know, it's a total productivity. It's like a GTD thing, getting things done. Like, begin with the end in mind. You know, see your intention and do the things that manifest it. Don't get too attached to that one particular intention, but. You know, intend in for the best to happen and, and then just stay present so that you can do the things, the habits, whatever it takes to, to make that thing uh, become a reality. Hmm. Do you notice a big difference of like when you miss a session, meditating one? Well, it's only been regular lately. I've no, <laughs> I meditation, you know, came as like a, a salvation for me. Like I was pretty much boxed into a corner where I had to meditate. Like I took... I took the limits of my uh, mental reasoning to to their ends, and they weren't solving my problems anymore. I was just getting more and more calculus in my head, more and more you know matrices, more and more equations, more and more things that weren't actually solving the the problem of of, of being instead of doing, or just being okay with being. And so, yeah, I I, I found meditation right when I needed to because there was nothing else going to solve that. So. When I don't proactively meditate, when I don't, you know, it's just like brushing your teeth. If you don't get on it, then you're, you're going to lose a tooth, you know. And if you don't, if you don't stay on top of your your regimen for staying centered, then you're going to get uncentered, and bad things are going to happen. Mm. 
So I, I, I think I first came across you a couple of years ago when I saw a talk you gave about, I think it was Getting Things Done. It had some weird title. Was it? GTD is my other religion. Yeah. Well, Jim, uh, credit How Jim, I Jim, Getting Things Done yeah, or something? Credit Jim Remzik for coming up with an awesome title there. Yeah, Big Tiger, as you may know him. Is the Way I Getting Things Done. Mm. And, and it was just a uh, it's Pachakchka talk, however you say it. 20, 20 seconds a slide for 20 slides. And the slides advance whether you're ready or not. And I just gave a laundry list of the things that I do to stay productive. Uh, uh, at least half of them still apply. You know, I'm always tweaking my system. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the highlight for that for me was this idea that you need to guard your attention. Yes, firewall your attention. Yes. I, I think that's so huge. Like, I, I sometimes will program with people or see other people, and, like, they have, like, a lot of notifications for a lot of things. And even when I'm working with yep. them, it, like, distracts the heck out of me. Yes. Like, it's really hard for me to focus because of their notifications. Like, you really like, need to know that the 17th Skype friend has come online, you know? It's right. Just, you, you can probably turn or, that off and turn the noise off, too. Right. Someone said, someone in any of your campfire rooms said anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that better, that needs to pop on the screen. Yeah, I mean, I keep the keywords for my name and stuff, but pretty much everything else is off, and, like, I... Mm-hmm. I, I switched. I've been doing it a little bit different lately. Like I consider a campfire to be part of my job, so I, I give that a little more priority lately. And plus, it's it's rare that you're in a super difficult programming problem. Like when you, like when you're doing like a, a client side calendar, you kind of need to really <laughs> throw those firewalls up because there's a lot of state to load in your brain to, to keep it all straight. Uh, but yeah, for a lot of stuff, maybe you're fixing bugs or doing things where you don't have to dive too deep. And then, especially in the startup context, I've been prioritizing the like culture matters and, and you know blowing on that kindling, you know building that fire slowly so that it gets a nice burn going. That's important to me, and so I just you need to be there. And for for a distributed company, that's where culture happens for us. It's it's in campfire, and I consider that to be you know nearly as important as the development itself. Interesting. But yeah, so we were going like, yeah, distractions. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's that's the overall theme for me. Like you would consider sort of the crazy startup environment and everyone sitting in, in a room to be a distraction. But like, I feel like that's when, yeah, that is when you're building, you're building the, the DNA of your company there. And if, if you don't do that consciously, then you might end up uh, with something you didn't want. Hmm. You, you have something. So... John is like maybe my favorite podcast guest in a while because he came with a list of things that would be interesting to talk about. I'm, I'm an A student. So yeah, I'm, you are. Plus, it was just because I was super nervous and I'm like, oh my God, what the hell are Ben and I going to talk about? So we're and, doing fine. We're yeah, doing fine. I think I th- we're doing I'm fine. I'm still a little nervous, but we're doing fine. Yeah, you're doing fine. Thank you. Yeah, you're doing great. Um, and so I, I, I always come with a, a list of things, but I'm a little behind the game because the conference is a little crazy. But so this is, this is very helpful. So thank you. But one of the things you have on here is imposter syndrome. Which jumped out at me. Speaking of, yeah, what the hell am I doing on this podcast? Yeah. When Chad emailed me, I'm like, why, why do you want to talk to me? And I'm like, well, we're getting around episode 40-something. So <laughs> I'm part of the dregs, you know. I've uh, been kind of laying low. Uh, so here I am. Here's my, my triumphant return. You're the 48th the most interesting person in the Ruby community. So. <laughs> that's not bad. It's not so bad. Uh, that's, I'm part of a great cohort, I think. I'm, really on, I, I'm truly honored to be here. Like, thank you for and Oh, yeah. Thanks for, you know, anyone who's still listening right now. Thanks for letting me in your ear holes. Tell me about imposter syndrome. Yeah. Or, well, well, you, I mean, what made you write this down? Well, I mean, I was just going stream of consciousness from like, what am I doing this podcast? What am I going to talk about? Why gotcha, am I here gotcha. at all? Like, uh, you know what is what is my particular angle on the community? What do I have to say? Because I'm I'm not like a total framework wonk. I'm more of an app guy, 
you know, and then I was thinking, you know, my, my story is as valid as anyone else's and I'm probably being too hard on myself, but even still just, I'm still really happy and amazed to be around the kinds of sharp people that I'm around at these conferences. And it just, it kind of can make you shut down. If you're having a bad day, you're just like, yep. man, like, how can I keep up with say a Joe Ferris, you know? Oh, there's Joe. Oh, oh. but like, you know, <laughs> he's sitting right behind me. That's another reason I'm nervous. Yeah. But Judging. Th- there's, there's real, we're, we're lucky. We get to be around real luminaries and this has been a relatively long running community for that too. Like no, not, not everyone's moved on yet. We're at our half-life, right? Isn't that what DHH said mm-hmm. this morning? So, uh, you know, a big fish, small pond thing. You know, maybe maybe I was uh, the smartest kid in the room growing up, but I'm not anymore. I'm not the best, I'm not the best guitarist in the band anymore. And yeah. I don't know if I've gotten used to that. Even being around, like Hash Rock, it was full of really smart people, and we we're all sharing ideas, and we all kind of caught up with each other. But even still, like you got to wonder, like, man, how do I how, how do I rate? You know, what, what do I bring to the to the table? So I, I think this is worth talking about more because I think maybe the programming community is especially likely to cause this because we're sort of a, a group that is uh, very much evaluated on the merits of our intelligence, right? Because like code is almost like the translation of like, how smart are you at solving this thing? <laughs> right. Um, and I think it's really easy to get it, to get imposter syndrome. And I was, had a great. I was talking to Katrina Owen this morning, who is an awesome, very smart, excellent speaker. Um, and so she was recording a play-by-play, uh, people quote play-by-play with Jeffrey Grosenbach, and said like she's like I'm feeling so much imposter syndrome around this thing, oh, wow. which was so interesting to me because I had the exact same experience, which was like this actually hadn't like struck me for a little while. I was feeling pretty good, and then for whatever reasons, like this the screencast is coming out, and I basically had like two weeks where I was utterly convinced that everyone was, was now going to find out that I'm an idiot. <laughs> I was just like now it's it's in video, like now like there's no way that I can f- keep fooling these people. I'm um, gonna be found out. I'm gonna be found out. Just for your own perspective, I'm like, oh shoot, I gotta talk to Ben Orenstein. Ben, he gave that awesome refactoring talk. That dude's a thought botter. He's totally smart. You know, what are we gonna talk about? So, well, I yeah. hope that's more. You know, somewhere in the middle is the truth that we're all pretty smart, nice people. And if, if we're not smart in certain areas, then you know, we're all friends. We can help each other level up. Totally. And I, but I, I think the important message is that like that everyone I think experiences. It. I think this is like actually really common. And I bet. If people were willing to, I think if, if people are willing to admit it, you would find out that everyone has gone through this at various times. Yeah. And so I'm trying to add to that. Well, well I mean, what's the answer it? then? What's the solution? Just just keep participating and keep having people tell you you're awesome until you get over it? Or is there... I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a solution. This might just be like a part of the reality of evaluating yourself against the rest of the world because the yeah. world is so big that you're going to feel inferior to some people. I don't know. It might just be the availability too. Of like the pond is that much bigger, and you get access to all these awesome people. And you know, everyone's awesome at something else, and you always think you should be an A student at everything. You know, like I'm pretty good at certain technologies, but why am I not? You know, why am I not deep in the Rails stack, or why am I not an awesome uh, TDD or like Joe is? You know, absolutely. But you know, probably at least a C student in most things. That's, that's probably good enough. <laughs> It'll get you there. You can run a startup on that. You can always iterate. You got to iterate on what matters, you know? Yeah. So you um, you host a podcast, your own podcast. A little podcast called The Ruby Five. Yeah. It's a co-hosting situation with the MV Lab guys in Orlando. It started back in the Hash Rocket days and they were just, I think they were sick of doing it twice a week. It's a lot of, it can be a lot of work. It's like at least a few hours to put five minutes of radio together. I don't think you people know how hard we work. <laughs> <laughs> to put this stuff together. Paul is over there. Paul, another co-host. Paul Elliott, he's nodding. Hey, Paul. Uh, 
Thank you for being in the audience too. Thank you, audience members. Uh, but uh, yeah, and that's a lot of fun. I, I think that that's one of the things that keeps me in the mix, keeps me dialed in. Like I'm going to read the Ruby news anyway, so I might as well just align some goals and like. I just read this thing. Why don't you know? And I thought it was cool enough to to retweet or or, or speak about or tell my colleagues about. And I'm going to tell you about it. But I think it's more about creating culture and just being a part of the the special culture that is Ruby and Rails. Like keeping it fun. Keeping you know, it's anybody can read their own Ruby Flow or, or Ruby Weekly. I, I think to me Ruby Five. I think uh, my my coworker Sandro Turiati said this. He's like, "Man, Ruby Five is—it's just all cheese." And I think he was trying to pick on me a little bit. But I'm like, you know what? It—it it is about the cheese. It's about the cheesy jokes, but it's about keeping uh, the community fun and keeping sharing fun and just keeping it light, which may help with things like imposter syndrome. If we're all light mm. and we're just hanging out and having a good time and mm. sharing the tech, like that's what it's about. So that's why I do it. Plus it's a little bit of a creative outlet. You know, one out of 10 jokes is actually funny and I feel pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. So have you become a coffee nerd recently? Ever since, uh, <laughs> this is the universe with you bleep that chad i uh i We're quit <laughs> i quit uh, i quit coffee a, a week before i moved to seattle oh. like uh you know af- after hash rocket after leaving there and like i was i was burnt out and like i even had like heart palpitation there there's a whole other area we could mine but like i was just burnt out i was overworked and so quitting coffee is one of the things i was doing to get rid of the the heart palpitations and so <laughs> And this was, you know, I was just taking time off between jobs. So I quit coffee. I'm finally over it. And then I get a call from Les, another former rocketeer who, who now, you know, works at Carezone and said, hey, you want to come to Seattle and interview for this job? And I'm just like, jeez. So, yeah, yeah, I quit coffee. And then I moved to Seattle almost immediately after. And I move in next door to, like, one of my favorite espresso shops on Earth, which is Vivace. And that's right up in Capitol Hill there. And then I still remember my first espresso back coming back to coffee. And like, mm. that was serious. Caffeine's a hell of a drug. It really is. You get used to it so fast, but like, it's, it's for real. I, I'm, I'm riding high on a, on a macchiato I just had. So mm. you didn't quit beer before you came to RailsConf, did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I did not. I was, I'm, I'm current. I just had a, uh, a lovely Manhattan or something like that last night. Mm. But anyways, ever since moving to Seattle, like you're, you're imbued in that coffee culture. And then we just started nerding out on it more and more like that got to French presses. And then you get to the blended coffees. Then you get to the single origins. Then you get to the organic. Then you get to the bird friendly shade grown triple organic. Then you start getting real. And then you're like French press who drinks French press. And then you get the Chemex and then you start doing the pour over Chemex style, and then like then you're hiring a barista to come in and give you a training session about how to best pour the water over your Chemex drip coffee, and then and then you consider quitting coffee again because it's just getting ridiculous. <laughs> it's running your life. But yeah, we we do the Chemex brew at least in the San Francisco office. I think they're still doing French press or AeroPress up in Seattle. Oh, uh, this is serious. If, if I could just. Give people three things, four <laughs> things to care about. Well-made coffee would be one of them. You know, get yourself some, some clean water and get yourself some organic, triple, triple organic, bird-friendly, shade-grown beans, fair trade certified. And uh, but 
it, you know, I, here, I can wrap all this back together. Oh, it's nice. about intention. You're putting your intention into that coffee. When you make it by hand and you care about every ingredient and you're, you're making it for yourself and your friends and you're trying to iterate every time. I've been making Chemex coffee for like you know, six months to a year now and I still don't understand the, ver- I have total coffee barista imposter syndrome and deser- <laughs> deservedly so. Like, I don't understand the variables. You know, the engineer means like, oh, you know, there's just there's just time, temperature, agitation, all these different the grind and the, the keeping everything hot. And you would think you'd be able to control that, but no, I can make an awesome like coffee that'll give you tingles one day, and then the next day I'll do seemingly everything exactly the same, and it's just it just turns out to be shit. so. I'm enjoying that, even though the feedback loop is not always giving you much information. I've been really enjoying making coffee lately. I think it all ties in with the craftsmanship thing too. It's just another another realm for it. It's like, you know, make your own metaphors. I, my, I'm <laughs> make your own metaphor of, of coffee to uh, agile development. It's an exercise for the listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mouth is too dry to, to keep spouting this nonsense. You're almost done. Thanks. You spouted. You spouted a good amount, and we. Oh, we, we have at least 17 bullet points left, don't we? Let's we get got, We got a lot of bullet points. Yeah. I'm curious what you wanted to talk about with code review. Code review? Do you did remember? I write, did I write code review on that? Oh, it was more just, uh, that's a technique that we do. That's uh, another example of like, we always pair programmed at Hashrocket and we don't always pair program anymore, but we at least always code review. So we're maybe doing the GitHub style. I don't know. I don't know what people are doing out there these days, but we do the pull requests. Like even if you don't pair with someone, you're at least... Uh, Looking, some other developer will look over the pull request and, and vet it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we've been doing process-wise, and it's been nice because you know I don't, I don't think everything warrants pairing all the time, but I don't think it hurts if you pair all the time either. It's just it's been one of those things we've been playing with, uh, you know, not being so dogmatic. Mm. Do you have any uh, code review advice? Do you think you give good code reviews? <laughs> B-O-C-D, I don't know. That's that's just who I am. That's how I was born. But uh, code review advice, I don't know. Actually trying to understand it would be one thing. There's always a temptation to rubber stamp a pull request, especially if you're in the throes of like trying to reach a deadline. But like, mm. And I think there's always a temptation to read the implementation part but not read the test part of the code. And I think maybe you should start with – I don't do this myself, but if I was giving advice to myself, I would start with the tests and understand like the RSpec first and then go look at the implementation. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, so I'm always, I'm always tempted not to look there, but I do look over the tests. And, I mean, that's going to tell you how the thing is actually used and maybe uh, expose the problem from an interface level, not an implementation level. Mm-hmm. You still playing any guitar? Not enough. I just got my guitar totally retuned up and refurbished and whatever. But it's uh, there. There's there's an example of why I should go back and watch my own talks. Like I haven't firewalled any guitar time. Like all my creative time lately has been, you know, at the startup or it's if I'm not being uh, creative, I'm just you know meditating or, or doing something something more inward lately. But uh, summertime's coming. It might be time to rock. Yeah. <laughs> It's extra time to rock. Yeah, I got an old cramp like Eddie Van Halen. It's not the Eddie Van Halen uh, look, not with all those those white stripes on it or whatever, but it's the Eddie Van Halen style guitar from the '80s. So yeah, it's it's still alive and alive and shredding. kicking. Yeah, I uh, it might be time to pick that back up. But that's that's good for the soul too. That's that's every bit as good as meditation. Just playing some metal. Mm. 
True. A little, a little creation is can be therapeutic as well. Well, just getting the, the whole self-expression thing. I mean, a lot of it comes out in our code. Like we, we all in this community care about our code a little bit more than, than the next person, I would think. So a lot of a lot of beauty and a lot of self-expression comes out of, especially with the refactoring phase. There, there's so much joy to be found there. Like people even give whole talks on refactoring. That's how much we enjoy Jesus, it. that must be obnoxious. <laughs> little self-indulgent right yeah no but like i so i still really get off on code and in tech in general and so that's where a lot of my creative energy has gone and and just in creating how, the feel of the startup and the culture of the startup cool well i i think we've done a, a nice proportion of the, the bullet points <laughs> we've gone here and there and it's been fine we have good. effortlessly we've, we've just of, jumped yeah. jumped wherever we needed to jump right edit yeah chad's laughing he's like i gotta edit this hunk of junk <laughs> We got a guy for that. <laughs> oh, you have another Someone guy. Someone else has to edit that hunk of Delegation time. people. That's right. Outsourcing. No, it's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, if, if, you're, if your listeners demand it, we can, we can come back in, a, in, a, in like a year and redo the other 17 bullet points. Yeah. When we get to 84, episode 84 or 100, right. 148 or whatever it is. Yeah, we're going to find out and we'll find out where you are on your meditation and your, <laughs> we'll, your habits. We'll, we'll see if I've, if I've righted my, my aircraft carrier or not. <laughs> Turn, turn the ship but around. No, th- thing, things are looking up. Summer's coming. It's, it's going to be another, another interesting year. May you live in interesting times. Hmm. Sounds good. Well, thanks for stopping by, John. Thanks. Appreciate thanks it. for asking me, and thanks for anyone who's made it to the very end. Thanks for listening. And uh, if anyone wants to talk about the more esoteric, like I think there's been meditation talks, and there, there's some soft talks, but I, I always love that sort of what's behind all the programming. I love to chat about that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what's your Twitter handle if people wanted to get in touch I am at L4RK. That's LeetSpeak for Lark, which is my usual nickname. You and me or, both have or, LeetSpeak yeah, handles. Or LeFork, as they say. So L4RK. Gotcha. Cool. Um, and if people wanted to check out CareZone? CareZone.com. Cool. Not CarZone.com. Different thing? Not Carizona. <laughs> CareZone.com. Got it. Cool. We, we have a iOS app in the App Store, and then uh, our Android app just launched as well. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Cool. So if you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to thoughtbot.com slash podcast slash 48. Today's podcast was recorded and produced by Chad Pytel and edited by Edward Lovell. Thanks for listening.